say. We were really, really close to the fourth game of the preseason. We're recording this on September 24th. Preseason opens up on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at home against Tampa. And we've, we've talked about it before, but just really quickly, it is super shitty that the two teams we're facing in the preseason or two of the teams that we've played for the past year. Yeah, it, it's whatever, right? Like, it's, it doesn't actually matter. It's just like, man, I I think I've had my fill of Nashville yeah. for a really long time. I don't ever want to see the Red Wings again. Like, when you play, like, man, were those, those like, Panthers games and those the Tampa games super exciting. Like, really exciting games, right? Dallas, Nashville, the Blackhawk games were a mixed bag. They were always kind of weird. But, like, the Red Wings, I I, I don't want to see another second of, of Dallas hockey. I'm good. So the first game of the season will be against the New York Islanders on October 14th. It's a home game, and, of course, we will be there. Yeah, it feels like it's between – if I had to pick, and not to get like you know ahead of a future video, if I had to pick somebody from the East, it's us, Tampa, and it's uh, the Isle. The the thing too about the the Isle that's important to remember is, and this happens every year, so they open up super hot. It's been two or three years of this now, but they'll win. They'll go like seventeen and three. And then they play a little below 500 the rest of the way. And then they get to the playoffs, and they're, you know, they're a team built for the playoffs. So I wish we were actually playing them in, like, January. I think that's why I'm excited to uh, face them at the home opener because we either – I guess it's going to be bittersweet. We either get this awesome win against a team that will most likely be very hot afterwards, or we get a disappointing loss against a team that will be very hot. Moving on to the news we've missed over the past like week and a half. Ken Gleason, as we talked about, uh, officially accepted and is now an assistant coach for the Carolina Hurricanes. Former alternate captain of said team. Yeah, Tim Gleason, um, I believe, dual stints with the Canes. A little time with Toronto, maybe. Tim so. Gleason, for people that don't know, the Hurricanes with, I believe, the third overall pick selected Jack Johnson in whatever, 2003 maybe, whatever year the draft, or 2004, it doesn't matter. So they drafted Jack Johnson, who straight up was like, I'm not going to play here. So the Canes trade Jack Johnson to, and for the record, that was devastating to the Canes at the time, right? Whenever that happens to you, you're just hamstrung, you know? I don't remember enough at the time if we knew that was coming or not, but we eventually traded him to the Kings, and uh, I believe there was a pick or two involved, but Tim Gleason came in as the, as part of the – he was kind of the, the centerpiece of that, if I remember correctly. And uh, Tim Gleason had a very underrated career here. Tim, Tim Gleason, almost an Olympian. Not quite, but almost. Yeah, so Tim Gleason played like nine – no, I'm sorry, uh, like 11 seasons in the league, and like nine of them were for us. So was is, it Kings, Us, Toronto, Us, Retire? It was Kings, Us, Toronto, Us again, Washington for 17 games, Retire. Ah, I forgot about the Washington run. I love Tim Gleason. He's one of my favorite Hurricanes ever, one of the toughest motherfuckers you'll ever see play, super smart. Um, 
as a defensive coordinator, I think it makes a lot of sense. And now, your assistant coach. Okay, so the other thing we missed was Jake Bowner was officially placed on LTIR. Again, something and I want to go over it real quick, too, before we get to this, one of the key things about the Tim Gleason thing. When you are a franchise with very little history, right, you, you've basically been up until this, like, current iteration, you've been okay, cup run, lose, bad, cup run, bad, Eastern Conference Finals, decade without the playoffs, right? When you are tr- – so you need to have, like – and this is something we've talked about in the past. You need to have – we're not going to be able to – if we try to be the Rangers, we're going to lose, right? Um, we are not L.A., right? Uh, we live in Raleigh, North Carolina, which has plenty of strengths. But, you know, we are simply not uh, San Jose, right? We're, so one of the things that we do, and I would wager, helps keep guys around – like, would it shock you at all if Martinook had a, a job in the front office or as a coach in the minors or something like that when this is all said and done? No. So I think, again, Tim Gleason, guy, putting a lot of work here. Obviously, you've got to be qualified and all that, but this is the pitch we're going to start making to people. It's like, hey, come. We're going to plug you in. You're going to get to win. Maybe you win the whole goddamn thing. And also, when you're done, when you hang them up, there's a place for you here, right? So, uh, love the Tim Gleason hire. I don't have anything else to say on that, but I, I do. I think that's an important part to to point out on this. Is yeah. hey, you know, if you want it, it's yours when you're done. And these a lot of these hockey lifers, that means a lot to them. So, yeah, I think that's very true, and that can be seen with, uh, I mean, several guys at this point. Uh, Glenn Wesley had a job with us for a while. Uh, uh, Francis, obviously, former GM, assistant to the GM. Brenda Moore, obviously head coach, had an assistant coach role before then. We'll West, help uh, you William, launch your second career in hockey. Like, we're we're totally yeah. willing to do that. So William, special assistant to the GM. And I would say that it's not like we are uh, revolutionary in this form. A ton of teams do this. Like, Gretzky was on the Oilers' payroll up until he resigned to join the team, TNT broadcast team. So, yeah, it's like it's just exactly. it's just an added feature that you should be doing. Exactly, and it's one of those things where because of the nature of the the markets, the Rangers, um, you know, Mark Messier to this day cannot get a coaching job there, even though every time it's open he begs for it, right? Um, so using what you have is is how you're going to win, right? And one of the things we have is that um, you know you, you're going to get an off, you're going to get a shot here when it's all said and done. So tell me about Gartner. Okay, so Jake Garner was officially placed on LTIR. Are we moving, like, what, 3.5 mil? If I'm okay? 4-4-1. That sounds right. I should have looked that up before I said it. Either way, uh, quite a bit. You're right, it's 4.05. So 4.05 uh, from the cap, which also makes KK possible. And this was also something... Everyone saw it coming. So um, yeah, hopefully he it, he can get healthy, but I don't really see it. But it is what it is. Yeah, hopefully the best case scenario for him. Well, I guess best case scenario 
is that he heals completely fine, returns to Jake Gardner of old, and is awesome. But to me, best-case scenario for him is he takes this time. If I was him, you know, listen to a guy like Ray Whitney, who not mirror matches, right, but super talented offensive first guys, who's Whitney's issue were heels. Jake Gartner basically destroyed his back while Toronto booed him out of town. And one of the things that uh, Whitney will say is that he wishes that he had tried to become a different player instead of trying to be the same player he he was because that was impossible. So to me, hopefully Jake Gardner recovers as best as he can. Um, he obviously wants to go, right? I, I have a ton of respect. Um, the guy wants to go. Like, if he could, he'd be out there playing. But if, hopefully he, he, you know... Will he ever be the, the Jake Gartner of old in Toronto again? Probably not. Can he be a solid bottom six, maybe, you know, middle pairing defenseman with a little bit of upside still? Yeah. The cool part about being in the triangle, which I feel like is another one of our pitches, is in case you do get injured, we have some of the best medical care you'll find in the country, thanks to Duke and UNC. So you're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Well, and, and people aren't going to spit in your wife's face at the grocery store because you're injured. So, I mean, that too, but I'm sure that's a small aspect of it compared to um, the health I don't know if so, I've said this before on the, on the podcast, but I've read that Montreal it, actually offered him six. You've said it numerous times. Yeah. You bring it up all the time, actually. I mean, it's it's incredible. I was actually – never mind, I'm not going to sidetrack you. we got so much to go over, but Austin Matthews made a very similar point of uh, – you know, some guys don't want where they step out of the arena and they're going to be hounded with 20 questions. Actually, I'm sorry, it's Mitch Morneau. But Morneau is like, they, you know, they want to be able to leave the game and just be a person and go grocery shopping spend time with their family. And that's something we have going for us. I mean, there might be a person here or there. Like, we have a, we have a friend who uh, saw James Reimer and got a picture. And I'm sure that took no time on yeah. James Reimer's day. But he also wasn't going to insult James Reimer, so... It is what it was. Uh, so uh, it's become official that Kakanyemi is a Carolina Hurricane, and much as we said, he will also be playing on the ring because, um, you know, it was, it was kind of obvious. And it, perhaps the most interesting part of this to me was after they didn't match, Montreal just kind of confirmed that, like, we did not develop him properly. It's just insane that the, the narrative came out because, of course, the narrative is going to come out. And then Montreal did nothing to deflect the narrative. The, I think the KK thing really changes a lot here. And what I mean by that is, let's actually look. So it feels like everybody kind of won, right? The Canes got their player. There's a risk there, right? The, uh, the Canadians got Dvorak. Dvorak, I believe it's pronounced. He's... Good. I would argue if you thought your window was the next two or three years, which I think the Kings would have thought their their window was up until the, this kind of on-the-fly remodel, I think you'd take Dvorak every time. He makes, I think he makes four and a half. He's got two or three years left on that. Like He's a good player, really good two-way player. So, you know, the Canadians get their guy, which is what they needed. They did not want to play him at second-line center, but they were going to have to. And the, the Coyotes have decided that they're just going to, you know, they'll sell you 
the, some popcorn for a pick if it'll get, you know. So, but it feels like to me with this move with the Canes, I think the Canes think they can maybe take a hit to their window this year. But if, if KK, if he, I think they call him Kiki, which I'm, because of that fucking Drake song, I don't, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it. If Kiki can become a second line center and you've got him signed for six years at three and a half, holy fucking shit. Right? That, so, that does bring up what we can do with Natchez then who's also someone who's supposed to be developing for a similar role. So. You could play him third-line center, I think. One of the things I think you'll start to see with the Canes is I think Nate, maybe Nate just becomes your center. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe KK does or, or Kiki does or doesn't. But one of the things to keep in mind here, maybe you keep Trocek. Like, to me, the dream, if you're the Canes, is you keep Trocek, Right. And he'll eventually age out of center, but that's fine. Um, and then you, you know, spoiler alert, Jordan Stahl's like 36 now, right? Yeah, he's up there. That's going to come to an end soon. That's that's two or three years, right? And, um, you know. 33. Who, Jordan Stahl? Yeah. I thought he was way older than that. Is Eric 30? Yeah, he's actually... Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I think yeah, he, he would have to be because he's three years older, isn't he? But the, the, the Jordan Stahl thing is going to come to an end, right? You can never have enough centers. And it, to me, in two or three years, you'll have maybe... Maybe you don't even re-sign Trocek. Maybe you do. Who knows? But, you'll, you know, hopefully I'd keep Trocek. So you have Trocek, who plays on the wing, but can also, like, you know, take a face-off still, which is pretty good. You'll have Natchez as your second or third-line center, probably your your second. And then you'll have uh, Kiki as your your, your third-line, but on a really good third-line, you know. It, it, one, let's look at it this way. What's one of the things that makes the ruthless, like the, the Lightning so ruthless? Is that they really have a first line, a first line, and a second line, and then they have the best fourth line in hockey, right? Their fourth line's really it's it's a third line almost. It's a third line that'll do all the fourth line things. So your if your centers are Aho, who is probably a step below being an elite one C, but is a, if he's not an elite one C, he's really 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 good. And then you have what you project probably to be Natchez. I think his game kind of translates to a, a second line a bit more, a bit more, right? And then if 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 Kiki can get there, well, now you're you know you see you see the picture I'm painting here. Like now we're getting to a place yeah. where maybe this this can start to fall in line. So I think that's a little bit of the bet. I think everybody won. It does. If you are the Canes, it does suck to like, man, first and a second would have gotten Dvorak, huh? If, if they if they believe in the player. So I'm going to take you to perhaps my new favorite part of the podcast, which I'm going to cleverly call the Absorbatory, because we're going to be doing nothing but galaxy brains and shit. Okay. Um, so I've created a quasi-list of questions or like little facts that could happen over the next season, and we're just going to talk through them. The first one is really, really simple, and I think we're going to agree on this one. 
Will the Carolina Hurricanes make the playoffs for the fourth season in a row? I'm 65% yes, sure. Yes. Yeah, I'm 65% am, sure. I am 96% sure. It's going to be hard to finish in the top three of the Metro. Malkin being let's out not, for a bit is going to help. Hopefully let's not get there yet. Let's not get there yet. Let's not get there yet. Okay. Okay. I'm 65% yes. So, last season, adjusted for an 82-game schedule, would have been our most successful season of all time. We would have gotten – we were on track for 117 points. Will uh-huh. the Hurricanes break 100 points this season? You're going to need to to make the playoffs in the East. So, yeah. If, if you think the first one, right? I, I also agree with that. Next year, if Mornuck doesn't miss a single regular season game, he will break 500 career NHL games. Torbo and Trocek will both break it either way. So we have three players on the team that will break 500 games, which isn't really important, and it's kind of like a cool milestone for the guys and good for them. Natchez will most likely break 100 points. And then oh, the next career. question, yeah. Um, I thought you were predicting then, a 100-point season. That was about to be a no. <laughs> no, no, no. Natchez is getting better. If Natchez puts up a 100-point season next year, I will straight up buy his I mean, jersey in all three colors. Yeah, yeah if of Natchez course we'll win the season, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. So just go ahead and book that. Also the President's Trophy. It's going to be a great year. All things. Will Svetch or Ajo break 30 goals this season? Ajo definitely. Svetch, if he doesn't, they're definitely a wild card team, and you don't want to be in that position, I don't think. I'm going to go with yes because I think they will make the playoffs. I think they both will. But Ajo is a lot. Ajo is a 40-goal guy right now. Yeah, Ajo got 24 goals in 56 games last season. I have to. He would have been a 40-goal um, guy last year, too, without the, without the shutdown. Ajo, uh, Ajo for sure. Yeah, and then especially Cost, who I think we can all agree had a off-season, only scored 15 goals in six seconds. So. It feels like, as a player, he might be becoming – like, this year might be the year where he's a, like, 25-goal, 40-assist guy. Or, you know, a 30-goal, huh. 50-assist guy, kind of. Like, like point-the-game-ish. But I think he's a really good passer, and we've got a lot. There's been, at some point, the Kings have to, like, bury goals, you know? And you kind of need him to be a finisher. Obviously, he'll take a 70-point guy any day of the week, you know, but I do wonder if we don't see that shift with him this year where he just becomes a full-on passer. Maybe not a full-on passer. He's obviously going to score ruthless goals, but um, you know, we'll see. So that, 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 Well, actually, I'm going to ask this question for us because I just discovered it. There were only two players in the Hurricanes who didn't miss a single game last season. Do you know who they are? Ajo's one. Ajo's one of them, yes. It's a forward, if that helps. It doesn't, because I thought it was either Pesci or Shea. Don't tell me. Um, Neither of them. They both Okay. Oh, you know what? They definitely sat the last game of the year. That's what it is. That's what throw me off. So, is it Svetch? It's not. Svetch had 55. He did play last. So, he missed time. Teravina missed time. Trojek missed time. Niederreiter? It was. Nieder Niederreiter was the only other player on the team at the Mitzvah game. The, the, what really threw me off is the uh, everybody getting benched last game of the year. 
Yeah, so Dougie had 55, Pesci had 55, and Fetch had 55. Everyone else. We were a relatively um, healthy team outside of the goaltending last year, to be honest. Well, outside of the COVID stuff, because we had so many players that who had to take a couple games off because of COVID. Yeah, that initial COVID thing was, like, such a pain in the ass, too. Yeah, well, well such is COVID. But, so, uh, getting back on track to the questions, and this one connects to the previous one, who do you think will have the most points on the team next season? I think we both agree it would be between Svech and Ajo, but who do you think it will be? I mean, Ajo every every day, right? Yeah. Maybe so, maybe Taravainen or Natchez, but to me, I, Ajo would be your, your lead off there, and then you'd put Taravainen, Natchez, Trocek? If he stays healthy, so, and you so like you have your have, golf horses for that? Here's what I have the real thing. First of all, I agree that it's most likely going to be Ajo. If it, was, if it were to be Svech, he would really have to take that step we've been talking about him taking for the past three years. Um, but it's Trocek's contract year. So what's the chances that Trocek goes off in his contract year? You know, it's hard with him because, and we haven't seen it as Kane's fans, but... Um, I always keep a bit of an eye on American players and especially notable American players, which he is. And Trocek was a point-a-game guy and then got, or point-ish, right? And then both his legs got fucked up and it took a really long time to come out of that and he can get hurt, right? But when he's when he's on, he's good, and he's been healthy here. So um, I don't know how much of that is the training staff or not. I, I think sometimes people look into that stuff too much. Um, yeah. The the this next question is going to be like ultra galaxy braining because not only are we talking about things that we really have no way of knowing yet, but it's about the preseason, so it really doesn't matter. But what are your predictions for the preseason with our four games against Nashville and our four games – I'm sorry, our two games against Nashville and our two games against Tampa? You know, those games do kind of matter, right? Um, and what I mean by that, and they matter, you, you never want to – you don't want to get smoked, right? Like, we come out of this, like, one and three and, like, a minus ten goal differential. That's not good. There's a stat – in baseball that I love where like you know you're not going to win the World Series in spring training it's a very common saying but that's only half true there there hasn't been a team with a negative with a like a negative record to win the World Series in like 30 years or something like that generally speaking you don't you don't want to get dumpstered right because a lot of your your depth is on display when that happens so I would we have much better depth than um Nashville, and we probably have comparable depth to Tampa, and you know, make of that what you will. I, I always just want to come out of it two two and healthy, right? If you, if you could guarantee two two and healthy, then you'd do it. I think we're going to split against Tampa for the very reasons you just said. I think we have a very equivalent farm system, and I think we're just going to run over Nashville. Or you won't, because they're prospects and kids, right? You just, you just don't want to get embarrassed. Anyway. So, moving on to the next Galaxy Brain question, you kind of talked about it earlier, is do you think we could win the division again? So, could we win the Metro? And while I'm sure you know, 
who win the Metro against, I'm going to clarify for everyone else. So we have the Blue Jackets, the Rangers, the Hurricanes, the Islanders, the Penguins, the Capitals, the Flyers, and the Devils. Let's go over that uh, list again. Let's do it slowly. So start. So Columbus was the first team, right? Yeah. Obviously a rebuilding team. That's one of the teams that have kind of always been in competition with the Canes for that wild card spot. A lot of that, they, you know, most years they've just played more games than us. And, uh, but th- that was, that, that they were a good team. Um, they're obviously much, much worse this year. Um, so you can, you know, so we don't have to worry about them. So let's put a check next to them. Who, who's next on that list? This is a side subject. Where did Tortorella land? I just realized he hasn't gotten a job. I think he might want a break. Maybe he's like a he might have an analyst gig somewhere, maybe, actually. Tortorella. ESPN might have hired him. He, he might have a TV job now. I think he's like second or third all-time on U.S. born coaches for a win list, on the win list. Oh, well, it's like coming up anywhere. Yeah, I don't see where he got a job anywhere. Interesting. He may just be chilling. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the next team is the New York Rangers. So, see, that's – you have Columbus take a step back. Then you have – I don't know what to make of the Rangers. They're obviously very talented. Um, they're also kind of bad. And this year they, they're they going to do the, like, this is when we get rough and tough. I don't know. It feels like they're coming out of their rebuild too soon. But when you have the Benajad and you have Panarin and you have Fox and you've got the, the Shesterkin and what's the other kid's name, the, their goaltending tandem is good. I don't remember the, the guy's name off the top of my head. You're going to win some games. So that's a that's a, a maybe, right? We should probably be better than them. But could, could the Rangers rip 100 points and this is their coming out year? 100% the play. And it's got to be – Awful if it happens, so finger crossed it doesn't. So put them down as a maybe. Who's next? We're the next team. And actually, I would love for us to talk about, there is, I I don't want to say Canada media, because it's not just Canadian media, but it's also not just national media. But there's this perception that the Hurricanes have not only gotten worse this season, this offseason, but have gotten much, much, much worse than we were last season, which is not only a fallacy, but like a complete and utter fallacy. Let's let's not actually let's save that for the preview because I have many thoughts on that. Deal. So I, I think that we're going to be in this podcast. Team. I agree. Let's move on to the aisle. So the aisle are weird, right? Because on paper they are not all that good, but they have arguably one of the best coaches uh, in the NHL, if not the best, right? And they have pieces, and you know their goaltending's pretty good. Uh, Barzell is electric. Andrew Lee will hopefully be healthy the whole year. They're, defensively, they're very good, right? But it always feels like you're waiting for the bottom to fall out on the Islander thing to me. Um, like one year, someone's going to lose a step, and it's all going to fall apart. I don't know if that's this year for them. I think we're probably better than them. Uh, I think they're a maybe as well. Put up so like I when when you put the maybe to like the Rangers that's a maybe plus like I think there's maybe and maybe they could be better than us the Isle maybe but I don't think like if barring injuries and all that stuff right I don't think they're better than us so I'm not super worried about them 
Okay. Next, we have the pins, which I can already see coming, but go ahead. So the pins, the pins are another interesting, um, another year older. Um, they're going to be without Malkin for a bit. That never seems to hurt them when they lose one of these guys anyway. It's part of what makes them infuriating, right? But maybe it does finally get them. Uh, I don't know what to do or think about Tristan Jari at all. I have no idea. Um, so they're hard to read. Crosby's another year older. Um, it's hard to tell because you used to have nobody to compare him to, right? Like he was just so much better than everybody else. And now you have McDavid and he, McDavid is better than he's a lot better than, than Crosby. But you know, who are, everybody, he's so much better than everybody that it, it's hard for me to gauge how good Crosby is anymore. Other than he's, he's obviously fucking ruthless, but like comparing him to where he was, I don't know. We should finish above the Penguins this year, I think. So that's a maybe. But the Penguins, like, are the Penguins going to rip another 100-win season and then get washed in the first and second round? Maybe, right? So we're yeah. probably better than the Penguins. Put it maybe minus. Yeah, I'm 100% agree on that. I, and the next team is very similar. I, I guess I will just do that. So the Penguins and the Capitals, who will be your next team to talk about, were very similar, and that they're both just aging. Every year that passes is another year so I of think viability. Hello. So I, I don't want to let you get away with this one, so I just want to make everyone aware of the fact that Wesley Stone died mid-pod. Anyways, we were talking about the Capitals, and I think that they and the Penguins are in very similar situations just because every year that passes is another year that they're all-stars age, which I'll give you that Crosby and... Um, oh my God, Crosby or generational players, but they are also both over 30. And yeah, you were talking. So to me, I actually think you're only half right. Where the Penguins, we don't know, but maybe. The Caps are in decline. I do not think the Caps will finish in the top three uh, in the Metro this year. I think the Caps might not make the playoffs. The beginning of the end is near. Pan ultimate team is the Philadelphia Flyers. So they're interesting, right? Because I believe they are seven years in a row of making the playoffs, finishing sixth. Making the playoffs, finishing sixth. Finished sixth last year. So this is year seven. The Carter Hart thing is weird. Claude Giroux is a year older, right? And it, it, you, it really feels like you burnt maybe the best year that Van Riemsdyk had left at them. They're good. Defense is a little weird right now. Um, if I mean, if Carter Hart gets back on track, they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but if he doesn't, let's say um, Van Riemsdyk is 75% of what he was last year. Giroux gets a little worse. Um the media there is ready to rip this team the fuck apart. So if it gets ugly early, it's going to get nasty in, in, um, in Philly. So we should finish above them, I think, no matter what. So I would mention that I've listed all but one team, and with every team mm-hmm. you said we should finish above them. 
So the Rangers could plausibly get above us. The Isle could plausibly get above us. I guess maybe the Pins could plausibly get above us, but everyone else, like the Rangers are not. Or I'm sorry, not the Rangers. The uh, Columbus is not, and Philly is not. Okay. So I guess we'll talk about the next team, and then I'll round out the question. But the New Jersey Devils. No. So they're going to get better. Um, you know, your goaltending with uh, with Blackwood is going to be better. Um, Dougie Hamilton is going to help. I think people are going to see that I, – I, I cannot wait to see Dougie's 5-on-5 numbers not playing around the talent he has here with the coverage he has from Dougie um, – or not from Dougie, from uh, Slavin. I – you know, the Dougie thing is what it is, right? Um, but I do think he – this is they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They're probably still two or three years out from that. Um and I don't expect them to be much of an issue. I'm also fascinated by, uh, like, Dougie, Dougie has this misperception around the league that he is, like, the ultimate forward defense, uh, offensive defenseman. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, incredible he's five on five numbers. Yeah, he, he is quite a good offensive defenseman. But he also played with Jacob Slavin. So as fans of this team... And it came out a lot during the playoffs. Is every time Dougie would fuck up, Jacob Slavin would be there to bail him out like 90% of the time. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get I, – oh, I, I do know. I know he will not be able to get that same treatment in um, Paramus. So, um, so to answer your question, right, are we going to win the division? Could we finish the top three? Maybe we win the division. Um, I'm, this team has been so bad for so long. I, I I have a hard time pulling the trigger on stuff like that. Like last year when we were like in the President's Cup race, I was like, oh my god. I mean, we haven't been like 15 years since that was even a possibility, right? So I'm not a good judge on that. But I think realistically, is there a world where Rangers, Pins, um, Isle are the top three? Yeah, I think that could happen. My final question in the observatory, which I I actually love that name, but I like it. So our PK and our PP both had major assets taken away from them. So on the power play, clearly Dougie Hamilton is no longer there to quarterback the power play, and Brock McGinn is no longer there to help us out on PK. Both were they weren't the best in the league, but we were power very play. Good. They have finished the year as the best in the league. We were yeah. above thirty percent until like the last two weeks of the season. They were they were both top ten incredibly well the entire season, but both had large pieces lifted from them. How do you think it's going to come out this season? Let's go with the PK first, where losing Brock McGinn on the PK hurt from a defensive standpoint. He's probably the best penalty killer on the team, and because he's a fourth liner most of the night, you were getting very fresh legs when you were going for that. Now, I think that there's a very real possible, like, and I'm not sure it'll be him, but maybe Kiki gets some second PK looks, right? Maybe Nate just plays a significantly larger role in the PK, right? I think you're going to see us plug in another skill forward a la Teravine and Ajo 
and, and Nate just got some PK time last year. I think you're going to see more of that than to uh, put in another like fourth line turn and burn guy. So the PK, I'm not really worried about. The power play is weird because it felt like for a very long time last year, our power play wasn't very good. And that, and I think we're going to see a lot of hard truths. We definitely, we played 16 games, which was what? A third ish of our schedule against a very bad Columbus team and a very bad Detroit team and a versus a, uh, a Florida team. Wait. Excluding Tampa, Detroit beat us more than anyone else. I just want to put that out there. That's Detroit, fun. for uh, some reason, had this magical gift of beating us last season. Still fake news. So you play – I don't think our PP was ever that good. Now, the the question is, what does Tony D'Angelo like, really bring here? I don't know about our, our power play. We just need it to be fine. If it can be 11th in the league, that's going to do us a lot of good. A complete side subject. But uh, are you aware that the World Wrestling Entertainment has launched a new character? And the gimmick of this character is an Italian mobster? And if I give you three guesses, would you be able to guess this uh, wrestler's name by chance? It's either Tony Soprano, which I know it's not, because we just talked about Tony D'Angelo. It is legitimately Tony D'Angelo, yes. <sighs> well, you t- I mean, the guy's from Jersey, you know? Doesn't surprise me. Makes sense. The more surprising but, uh, part is that they didn't even Google the name. They were not even like, hey, we're going to have this... Uh, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it's like an NXT guy. So it's very low on the uh, ranking system. But it was just, when I saw it, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know about the PP. I think that's a legit question mark. I think that's the one place where Dougie, the 515 numbers with, with me and Dougie, I don't know. Like, you know, I get I get that, you know, he 515, he, he's a motherfucker most of the time. But he also added two games to our series against Nashville, you know. So, uh, I don't I don't know about the power play, but we're gonna that's where we're gonna miss Dougie. I think five on five, it'll be fine. Um, I think we got a lot better in a lot of different places. Um, but on the power play, we might have the 14th best power play in the league moving forward. Thank you for listening to the Home Ice Advantage podcast. As always, we very much appreciate it. Please follow and share with your friends. Send it to your Aunt Betty. Knock on your neighbor's door. Email it to a teacher, your boss. Who cares? Just make sure you share it. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.